I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. to episode 69 of the Burning Bush podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well this week. Glad you're listening. And this week I am smoking the Falto La Pureza Corojo Lancero. So let's go ahead and go to the Falto website and see what they have to say. Falto La Pereza is the cigar blended for the 25th anniversary of Tabacalero Falto Incorporated. In a Lancero size, it is a very elegant cigar with a delicious Dominican-grown Corojo wrapper. For binder and filler, very special and extremely well-aged Dominican tobaccos were used. While smoking, you can recognize the very balanced complexity that goes towards sweet wood with natural floral notes and simple spices such as nutmeg and touches of cinnamon. It is a medium to full-flavored cigar, full of elegance and finesse. And this only comes in the one size. It is the Lancero 6 and 7 eighths by 40. And as it said in the description, the wrapper is Dominican Corojo. Binder and filler are both Dominican as well. That is the Falto La Pureza. So let's go ahead and get into this week's reading of chapter four from Dustin, uh, Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity. The title of this week's section is the Empty Tomb. Before we move on to examine the bedrock facts concerning the resurrection, there is one final question to ask about Jesus' death. Is it significant that our creedal tradition does not explicitly reference the empty tomb? As I will discuss in detail in the next chapter, the phrase, He was buried, being followed by, He was raised, assumes the burial place was empty. Resurrection meant Jesus' followers believed something happened to his corpse. 
As New Testament scholar Marcus Bokmul writes, any known place of burial must have been empty. Paul's argument leaves no room for any form of Jesus' body to remain buried. We can be pretty certain that Jesus' body was nowhere to be found when his followers began proclaiming he had risen from the dead. If the location of Jesus' corpse was known to the authorities or anyone else in Jerusalem, it seems incredible that this movement would have even lasted a day or even a single hour. That does not mean that the creedal tradition definitely confirms the empty tomb narratives in the Gospels. On the other hand, there's nothing in this phrase that contradicts those accounts, and, as illustrated above, I believe it undergirds these accounts from the Gospels. N.T. Wright says on this point, The fact that the empty tomb itself, so prominent in the Gospel accounts, does not appear to be specifically mentioned in this passage, is not significant. The mention here of buried, then raised, no more needs to be amplified in that way than one would need to amplify the statement, I walked down the street, with the qualification, on my feet. The point of a creedal tradition is not that it includes everything about everything. Rather, a creed is intended to be easily memorized after learning the more detailed account concerning Jesus' burial and the empty tomb traditions. When the early Christians cited this simple phrase, the stories of Joseph of Arimathea and the women finding the tomb empty may have immediately come to mind. In fact, the phrase, on the third day, added to, and that he was raised, in 1 Corinthians 15, 4b, could be an early historical reference to the fact that the women found the empty tomb on the third day, that is, on the first day of the week, Sunday. This was also the reason that Sunday was the day Christians gathered for worship, according to sources as early as Paul's letter to the Corinthians. See 1 Corinthians 16.2, Acts 20.7, Revelation 1.10, Didache 14.1, and Ignatius to the Magnesians 9.1. Even though Jesus' burial by Joseph of Arimathea and the empty tomb traditions as recorded in the Gospels are not bedrock facts, many critical scholars do accept them as historical. Numerous robust arguments can be put forth for the historicity of the empty tomb narratives, but since this concerns the four Gospels, not Paul, this is beyond the scope of this book. One last point on the empty tomb narratives. The stories surrounding the empty tomb were not proclaimed in Paul's letters or sermons in Acts, nor did the Gospels say Jesus' followers believed in the resurrection as a result of finding Jesus' tomb empty. According to the Gospels, the discovery of the empty tomb generally led to more puzzlement and confusion than belief. It was instead the appearances of the risen Jesus to the women, 
to Peter, to the twelve, and to Paul that led to their conviction that God raised him from the dead. The appearances, then, are the definitive evidence for Jesus' resurrection, according to this creedal tradition, Paul, the Gospels, and the sermons and acts, not the empty tomb. If we want to maintain our focus on the bedrock facts available to us from the earliest sources, we can say that Jesus certainly died by crucifixion, but we cannot then include the empty tomb traditions. However, we can conclude that some type of burial place had to have been empty for the claim he was raised to make any sense to the first century Jews. We are now ready to turn to this most crucial phase in the creedal tradition, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. This is unparalleled, pure innovation. The composers of this creedal tradition were the first ever to make such a claim, namely, that a single individual, this crucified man Jesus, in the middle of history, has risen from the dead. And that's the end of this section of Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes for a link to uh, Dr. Bass's website where you can pick up copies of his books and check out his YouTube page. And also check out the links for Treats and Truth Ministry where you can help out the homeless. Also, groundworksministries.com for daily Bible studies and devotionals. And also the Burning Bush Podcast merchandise store where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And I'd appreciate it if you would tell your friends. So until next week, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.